Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Alright, this is the good stuff. Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. Welcome back for our Scott versus Scott. This is our first versus. I know, I'm excited. And we're doing this in a new time slot. That's right. That's right. New time slot, new day. Thursday morning. Bright and early. We got here early. Neither of us could sleep. We were so excited about this debate. I really, I couldn't sleep very well, except for the eight minutes after my alarm went off. (laughs) That was was a very blissful sleep there. All right, so we are looking at these two iconic film directors who are actually related, Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott and Tony Scott. Something we don't see too often in Hollywood, with the exception of Coen Brothers and the Wachowski siblings. And those guys that did The Winter Soldier. Oh, there were two guys on that? Yes, you you informed us of that a mere three or four podcasts ago. I thought they were brothers that wrote the screenplay together. Oh, well. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Isn't that what we just said? There aren't that many... Oh, what? Directors. Oh, I thought that they... Oh, just it all working in Hollywood? Okay. I don't know. Brothers in Hollywood. All right, anyway, so I have Tony Scott. I say Tony Scott is Baron Ridley Scott. I say you are wrong, sir. Well, my guy's dead. Yes, so Winner. I think my guy will have the longer career. Yeah, so we can't compare anything. Is that? Did you not eat breakfast? I did eat breakfast. Well, what is that hideous noise emitting from your bowels? I believe that's breakfast going to the bowels. <laughs> wow. I got me an egg muffin on the way over here. You are a super fast digester. Do you think the podcast listeners could hear that? <laughs> no, but I'm glad I pointed it out in case they, in case they were missing it. All right, so how do you want to do this? Because I got I got five reasons why Tony Scott is better than Ridley Scott. I got five movies why Ridley's better than Tony. I looked at your movies. I looked at your list of movies, and I compared mine to I, yours. I can make other arguments. I don't think you can. I don't think you're going to win this. <laughs> well, it's truly up to the listener. That's right. Someone will decide. And then it'll be based on which of the movies they like. It'll have nothing to do with anything that we say, I don't think. But, all right. So, what's your first reason why Tony's better? Mine? Yeah, yeah. He's the better actor. He's the better actor. That's right. He's an international film star. W- what movies has Tony Scott been in? Tony Scott was on the hit TV show Spearfield's Daughter in 1986. Ooh. And he appeared in the Italian movie Angelo Nero in 1998. <laughs> Angelo Nero. It was an Italian film. Ridley Scott hasn't acted since 1969. Uh-huh. That's two years after I was bored. To be a great director, you have to be a one great must actor. be a great actor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people would disagree you with can't you that. Be a teacher if you're not first a student. <laughs> one must know what it means to act. Okay, so this was one of your honorable mention reasons. It was five. That was number five. Woo. Maybe not my strongest reason. It was a reason nonetheless. Um, I will. My reason then for Ridley Scott is uh, Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut. What? No, 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 no. Ridley no. Scott's films. No, 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 no director's cuts. Can't, oh yeah, yeah. no Be- can't do well, director's cuts. Because I would argue Ridley Scott is the king of director's. There's cuts. There's no do-overs. You don't have do-overs in life. You don't have do-overs in movies. No director's cuts. We can't go with the director. You can't gussy up something ten years later. I think that makes him a great director no. because he is willing to go back and hone no. what's already a masterpiece. That's like the guy that hits the growth spurt after he graduates. 
But he's done this on many of his best movies. Alien. Alien, Blade he Runner. disavowed that. He Ke- said that Keenan that was just seven. a marketing ploy. He didn't like the Alien director's cut, and he had nothing to do with it. Director's cut. <laughs> Research. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> the look but on your he, face is classic. <laughs> but so I will say with Alien, he did go back and recut the movie based on... Um, All right. Uh, uh, audience uh, reaction at the very beginning. The, I, I don't think they did a bunch of tests. No, no. I, well, I, I blew I'm, up that argument. It's it's like the like I said, the kid that takes has a growth spurt after he graduates. Sure, he's six feet five now, and he's dunking on middle aged guys at the YMCA. That didn't help many when he was getting cut from the JV basketball team. You can't go back ten years later and gussy something up. Have you seen? Any, did you see the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven? No. No, Why would I waste that kind of time? You're missing us, Craig. I saw the original. It's it's a lot, lot better. Oh, great. I'm a lot, lot heavier than I was in high school. Uh, all right, so you, you watch your impractical jokers instead of going and watching the great film. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a low blow, man. How dare you? <laughs> all right, your reason number four. All right. <laughs> okay. Reason four. Ridley Scott, I'll admit, was fast out of the starting gates with his early films. The Duelist? Early films. I said films. He pulled out to a great lead. He was right out of the, out of the gates. Yeah, well, he's the older of the two, right? Right. I think he's... Well, I don't know. I thought he was like five or six years older. Yeah, probably. But for every Blade, Blade Runner, there's a G.I. Jane. For every alien, there's a Prometheus. Yes. And for every gladiator, there's a Robin Hood. I didn't mind Robin Hood. All right. Well, not minding something is right. tripping over something and falling down. That's that's his... After Alien and Blade Runner, pretty much everything was a straight free fall. He's stumbling downstairs. So Van Gogh paints 2,000 pictures. We should judge him on his worst five, not his best five? No, his latest five. Okay. No, I, no y- y- um, hmm. I'm not sure how your argument works now because we're talking about him as a director up until this point, right? Yes, your argument is. Or do we do we cut him off with Exodus Gods and Kane since Tony Scott died in 2012? Yeah, and I think he was working on Exodus at that point, or it was least in his. Path. So we're we're allowed to, to sure we can cut we off can count, Exodus, but we're not counting Exodus. Uh, I, I wasn't going to talk about that. So this. All right, because it's a steaming pile of poo. Well, I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it. I would like to go see it. No, nah, I'm not going to go see it. Especially now that I won't be seeing the interview in theaters. I have <laughs> an extra spot. There's open. really nothing out there. I'm surprised. There's really nothing coming up. I was looking for next week because we're off of school starting on the 19th of December, 2014. And even though I have all that time off, there's nothing out there that I want to see. I want to see Annie. Oh, that's gained really bad reviews. Uh, I don't want to see Exodus, Gods and Kings. It's ridiculous. Well, and then a lot of the award-winning films just aren't coming out around here. I'm possibly going to go see Foxcatcher when I'm up in Northern Virginia because that's the only theater within 100 miles. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. I don't know if it'll work out timing-wise. Good luck with that. Since supposedly you have to be around family. All right, back to Scott versus Scott. Yeah. So, wait a minute. Was I, your was your argument yeah. is he started he well, fast, but yeah, he, he but has some bad films. Tony's films got better. As he progressed. My point. That's what I'm arguing with. That's my argument. He started out good. Started out strong. 
His best movie was the middle of his career. Yeah, but I would say he got lately, better, he improved. American Gangster. Yeah, I'm not like I don't. It's, it's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not a so movie. where are you saying he movie. peaked, movie wise? True, 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 true romance. Ah, no, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know the I don't know the dates of all of his movies. I'm not the biggest Tony Scott fan, believe it or not. True Romance is like ninety two, ninety three. Uh, Spy Game. I don't think Spy Game was that great. Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Yeah, it was. It was all right. It was. It was me. better than Body of Lies. It was. Yeah, Body of Lies not that great. I, I would say that's Ridley he, Scott's movie. Tony Scott's movie taking the same exact movie, the same script, the same. It's not the same script. According to Alex Perrine, over at uh, filmnerdist.net. No, I don't oh, know where they're, the, they're the defining source. I guess. <laughs> he took the same script. Young guy in the CIA, mentored by an older guy, and that older guy is Robert Redford in Tony Scott's movie. In your movie, it's Fat Russell Crowe. <laughs> I like the Fat Russell Crowe. Yeah, he was great in Man of Iron Fist. No Robert Redford. Tony Scott's got the better actors. Really? Yeah. Harrison Ford? You don't think Harrison Ford's a great reader? actor? You already said that. You said that in a previous podcast. I went back and listened. You're making stuff up that. You no, really you said that. No, you said that Harrison Ford... Brad Pitt? ...never had any Anthony positive Hopkins. outcome of, on any of his movies. Brad Pitt's in Tony Scott movie. He's also he was discovered by Ridley Scott. Thelma and Louise was oh, Brad Pitt's I thought he breakout. Was discovered in True Romance in Tony Scott's movie True Romance. Oh, Thelma and Louise is where his breakout the, role. I mean, he had done other movies oh, before yeah, that, like, like the, Tony Scott's True Romance, where he's the stoner on the Thelma couch. Thelma and Louise is like eighty nine. Don't condescend to me, man. And before that, he was doing horror films like don't Cutting Class. Don't condescend to me, man. <laughs> All right, so that's your fourth. I would yeah, throw I up then so. uh, Blade Runner. Just uh, Ridley Scott's films define genres. All right, but which version of Blade Runner are you talking about? All of them. Well, there's no do-overs. <laughs> yeah, we've already so then we have to say the original. Movie. That's fine, but I mean, his movies are held up in high esteem. I don't know. I watched Blade Runner recently. I got to admit. And I would say disappointed. period pieces, like that whole... Uh, Sword slashing type films. You got Kingdom of Heaven, which I think is very underrated. Which is horrible. Gladiator. And that spawned a whole bunch of imitators. Gladiator wasn't even the best movie of that year. What was? Castaway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I love that movie. Gladiator was amazing. And there were a bunch of movies yeah, that tried but, to capture uh, that look and up. feel and aesthetic. Alien, the whole... I mean, he defined... Wait, wait are we talking Blade Runner or are we talking Alien? I'm throwing out all of these films as he defines these genres, and other films try to be the next Alien, the right. next Gladiator, the next Black Hawk Down. Uh, um, the next, wait a minute, the next Black Hawk, so that's a defining genre film? That defines the war movie genre? Yeah, I think the modern soldier film. Of which there aren't very many good ones. Because only Ridley Scott can do it well. Well... I'll one-up you, because okay. Tony Scott clearly defined the action film. With? He was Top Gun. And top, top, top Gun is a great film. Is the seminal action movie. The middle of the 80s, Top Gun and Top Gun 2, Days of Thunder. 
are the two... <laughs> You're confusing our audience now with the NASCAR film. Are the the two quintessential action movies. And it made a movie star out of... Uh, out of who was just playing teen teeny bopper roles. Tom Cruise. He's our last great movie star. And Tony Scott made him. Without Top Gun. Without Top Gun 2. <laughs> you don't have... Any of the Mission Impossible movies. They don't exist. Because Tony, Tony Scott made Tom Cruise. And he's our last movie star. Do you know who convinced Tom Cruise to do Top Gun? According to Tom Cruise on the Nerdist podcast. Where uh, he told the story. Ridley Scott? Maybe? Ridley Scott. He was doing Legend right. with Ridley Scott. And Ridley's like, hey, you need to do this movie with my brother. There you go. You just brought up another reason Ridley Scott's horrible. Tom Cruise Legend. said, oh, they've been trying to get me to do this film for the last year and a half. He's like, yeah, my brother just got hooked up with it. You really should work with him. He's really talented. And Ridley convinced Tom Cruise to do it. And really, the only reason Tom Cruise said he did Top Gun was because he put in his contract that he would get to ride in an actual Tomcat fighter plane. Smart man. And so he's like, that's the reason why I want to do the movie. He said that's why he did NAS- the NASCAR movie, Days of Thunder, because he wanted to actually drive a NASCAR. Yeah, and he became actually a pretty good race driver, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. So... Sometimes Apparently he says writing. he does films just so that he can do cool things. That doesn't mean that the films aren't good. There's nothing better than Top Gun. I'm giving some color here. <laughs> I'm a buffant of knowledge. Yeah, a buffon. <laughs> uh, so. All right, you want to talk about uh, finding stars? Gladiator gives us Russell Crowe. I'm not sure that that's a very good gift. I I give you, you Tom you, Cruise. You're not happy that we have Russell Crowe? I think he's a bit of a D-bag. But his movies are... He has had many great movies. Name seven. Seven? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a small number. I don't know, man. I don't think... I mean... Yeah, I mean, Cinderella Man is not that great. Oh, Cinderella Man's good. <sighs> Beautiful mind, it's okay. It's kind of out there. Gladiator. It's just doing the thing. You can, you, okay, cool. um, I watch Gladiator seven times. Oh, uh, what's the Hollywood detective? See, movie? even you don't know. Because, oh, LA Confidential. Well, it is early in the morning. My brain doesn't work well. Yeah. I'm not used to this new time slot. LA Confidential is good. I'm not sure that's a Russell Crowe movie. Which oh, is, I it's think a he Guy makes Pierce it. Movie. Kevin, no, uh, Kevin Spacey makes that movie, and Danny DeVito. The scene when they're interrogating the guy and Russell Crowe's getting madder and madder. He's Breaks squeezing the chair. the chair yeah, until the whole thing just tears yeah. apart. Yeah, that's good. <sighs> He's awesome. That whole that whole ensemble was pretty good. Yeah. No, David Strathairn. That's a great film. I think this is the first time we've ever mentioned L.A. Confidential here. Hmm. And it is timely because it is a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Well, then we probably have mentioned it. Starts it starts off on Christmas. Back in the two frames... With yeah. two frame segments, kind of we got to go back with to Christmas that. movies in those earlier podcasts. We got to go back to to the um, two frames of two frames thing. We should. Your All second right. reason. Oh, is it? Are we up to the second. Are we second or are we third? I don't know where are we. Well, are. he's a film star. Uh, <laughs> Why is oh, he a I great know. director? He's a film star of. He's uh, he's got the better name. His he's the classic two first name guy. Like the, the guys you played football against in high school, the John Brandons and the Mike Allens, the Alex Brandons, <laughs> Tony Scott, Ridley Ridley 
is just it's simply too foppish. <laughs> it's it's too British. How many Ridleys do you know? How many Ridleys do you know? Not enough. But don't, don't know any, but you know plenty of Tonys. In fact, we might even have a listener named Tony, right? Am I right? Well, my dad Am I right? goes by Tony. Don't you have a friend named Tony that listens to the podcast? A, I do have a friend named Tony as well. We don't have any friends named Ridley that listen to the podcast. No, but there's a good chance at some point I'll have a pet named Ridley. That's a great pet You're going to name, name a dog Ridley after Ridley Scott? I named a dog after a fictional bouncer. Dalton? I thought it was named after Dalton Trumbo. Also, Dalton from Roadhouse. Oh, okay. So you're claiming three different uh, etymologies. No, no, two. Oh, just two. Okay. Just two. Yeah, I'm bad with math. But it also fits because my dog is a very small lab, and in the movie they keep telling Patrick Swayze, huh, thought you'd be bigger. All right. Well, okay. So it depends who I introduce the dog to. What kind of animal are you going to name after the foppish Sir Ridley? Ridley? I think Ridley would be a English cool setter? cat name. You're not going to get an English setter for Ridley. Oh, yes, Ridley's newest cinema shall happen upon us in less than a fortnight. Do you really not think Ridley's a good pet? I'll go stand in the queue and have some crisps. Perhaps a cucumber sandwich. Oh, I better be careful, I might gain a stone. <laughs> That's Ridley. Sir Ridley Scott. And then you got Tony Scott. Hey, Tony! Yo, what's up? Nice movie, yo! I think naming Tony. a dog after a director is better than naming a dog after a rabbit. I think if your dog was named Tony Scott. Oh, you're trying to dig at me. All right. You don't think think Rue is a masculine name? That took you a little while to do wrong. That's right. You're like, where's he going with this? Who's got a dog Dog named named Bugs? (laughs) uh, You're saying Rue's not a masculine name? Well, considering that the only Rue most of our listeners know is a female who gets killed in Hunger Games... Uh, it's not terribly manly. That's why I won't go see the Hunger Games movie. They She's ruin- already dead. It, yeah, I, know. I, I won't go see the rest of them because they ruined my dog's thing. <sighs> yeah, so that's a very masculine name. All right, so we're we're dropping down to invective. You're hurling invective at me and my dog. Yeah, this is that's what the. All right, uh, my. Are we on second reasons? I don't know. I'm going to throw out Black Hawk Down as my example film of Ridley Scott's amazing way he captures action. That movie is crazy. It's all over the place. It is chaotic. But you always have a feeling of space. You understand where people are, where they have to go. Are you trying to to say that Ridley Scott's a better action movie director than Tony Scott? Yes. Really? I feel that he captures... I mean, if you look Black Hawk Down, the chaotic nature of that film... You understand what's going on. Huh. Tony Scott, especially in his later films, goes more for atmosphere. And, and it's kind of weird. I mean, I like Man on Fire, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on, a lot of lens filters. It's hard to follow. Domino is almost impossible to follow what's going on in those action scenes. It cuts so quick. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I think you throw Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, Blade Runner. Those are... The action and the way that it's captured in the frame so that you understand what's going on is wonderful. Well. I mean, you could study that a lot. I'm not sure many people would agree with that as the number one reason. Well, that's why I put it at two. That's why I put it at two. He's the better at capturing action. They both make great action films, I would argue. According to. Using Black Hawk Down. According to David Aline. 
No, Alex Parine. I'm going to call him Alex David. Over there at uh, <laughs> Salon.com, he says that uh, Tony Scott is the... Uh, if filmmaking is a craft, Tony Scott was the better craftsman. His most ridiculous movies are still hugely entertaining. The Last Boy Scout, for example. It's oh, a great movie. No, it's not. It's, it's a harbinger of our time. In the era of bad Bruce Willis films, which is in the early 90s, nope. that, that's one of the worst. Love that movie. It's up there with Hudson Hawk. Who else can make two movies back-to-back about driving trains and make them exciting? Oh, Tony Unstoppable? Scott. What's yes. the other film? Pel- the Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Oh, another remake. Back he's, to he's back. He's a very original director. Right. He and takes I, I, what was I, bad and turns it into something good. I would argue the original Taking, Taking of, Pel- of Pelham 1, 2, 3 is better. I would also argue the original have, Man on Fire It doesn't have John Travolta in it. I no, know it, that. it has... Uh, well, because Tony Scott's Man on Fire should be called Man in a Crockpot. That's the slowest. Yeah, I know you're not big on that one. Though. So I didn't even bring that up for some reason. All right. Wow. So now we're... I don't know. Was that your number one? I don't know. I guess I've <laughs> blown my hand. All right. So number one answer. Number one for... For me. Yeah. Is that Tony, Scott, uh, Tony Scott's movies, adjusted for inflation, have made more money. Than Ridley Scott's movies, not counting. Uh, so adjusted for inflation, but not in actual dollars. If we well, I mean, when his, when his movies, like when Top Gun came out, there were sixteen hundred less movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you put t- uh, Gladiator up against Top Gun, there was you know almost two thousand more movie theaters, more more ways for people to see it. You can't even count the, his latest stuff because Tony Scott's been dead. Plus, he went out on his own terms. He just terms. died, what, last year? 2012. 2012. August 20th. Oh, time flies. <sighs> uh, my I'm number still one wearing reason? the black band. Oh, Alien. The number one feminist action film. He gave us the female action heroine. Huh. I'd say Joan of Arc in 1920, but that's okay. In 19... Uh, yeah, 1920s silent film, Th- Joan that, of Arc. That resonated with the public. No, I would say Ridley Scott has given us strong female action mm. I go back characters. 80 years and give you... I think Sigourney Weaver in that. Uh, he also gave... He's, it's, not even the, it's not even the best a- Alien movie. Alien. You're saying Aliens? Yeah. James Cameron's? Yeah. Uh, I think they're very different films, but yeah, I could see an argument for either one. So you take his best movie and he, he didn't even make the best of that, no, of that series. I, I like Alien. Was Top Gun. But... Alien is a scarier film. Aliens has more action. I'm not sure Alien holds up. Uh, it, I went back and rewatched it a year or two ago. I did show the chestburster scene to my Litton film class last year. And it messed them up. They were like, what did I just watch? <laughs> they had no idea because you drop them right in the middle of something like that out of context. A lot of kids hadn't seen Alien. Yeah, I don't think it's... Love to show that, but it's R-rated. Yeah. Can't show any R-rated movies. Uh, a little bit of flippage. Yeah, you can sneak one in every once in a while. Yeah. Well, like the chestburster scene, for example. Yeah. The more violent scenes in that movie, you can sneak past the censors here at the Menchville High School. So, there we go. That's our first Versus podcast. I don't know. I like it. Who do you think won? I really think we got to let the listener decide. <laughs> 
Who do you? Who would you vote for? Who came in here with the better arguments? Oh, I came in with the better arguments. You argued for double first name. That's a good point. <laughs> so no, think I, I think yeah, I think I had better arguments. I really like like it, it would be hard on uh, film spotting. They say, well, the guy who loses, we lose his films. You, you have to oh, play yeah, it like that. that up. You know, so what do you want to lose? Do you want to lose Alien, Gladiator, and Blade Runner? Or do you want to lose... Top Gun, Top Gun 2, and Pel- the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. You can't, you can't lose those movies. Man on Fire, yeah, I mean... Man on Fire, that's not even his top five. True Romance. True, uh, true Romance. Oh, I know what my point about Tony Scott was. He has... There's not one line that you can name from a Ridley Scott movie. But if I say to you... I feel the need. You could end it if you weren't such a neophyte, <laughs> or not a neophyte. What's the word? That, that's not fun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Exactly. Everybody knows I, that. I, I, Everybody knows that. People that haven't even seen the movie know that. But there's not one line that you can come up with from any Ridley Scott movie that that matters. That's big. That's I can't key. quote. Well, nobody. It's, it, but I can. And I can't come up with any really this Maximus, movies. father of the <sighs> slates. That's a great speech that he makes in there. All right. We're not talking monologues. I can't believe I just called you a neophyte. <laughs> it has nothing to do. It's completely, uh, the, it has nothing to do with what we were talking about. Well, You're just not very good at uh, quoting lines. I'm, I'm a horrible but, quoter. But people are. And Tony Scott's got the better lines. Don't condescend to me. <laughs> True romance. Written by written written. Written. written written by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, it's it's the that's why the lost Tarantino film. When you say written by Quentin, written by Quentin, that's when you get the Witten. <laughs> that's what yes. happens. All right. All so, right, so uh, yeah. is this our last podcast of the year, or are we trying to do one over the no, break? No. Uh, well, it's Thursday morning, and we're out tomorrow, so we may do one over the break. We have to do the Laffies. We have to do the Laffies. We have to do the end of the year wrap up. The pre-Oscar show. There's a lot out there. I'm excited. Uh, all right, so it's been a good year. Been a good year so far. <laughs> well, we'll see what goes <laughs> Two on. Weeks left. I've seen some pretty good movies. I can't wait to do my end of the year laughies. Yeah, you got some hidden gems. Yeah, every movie I saw this year that are in my top five, I think, are movies that nobody else has seen. Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you've seen some of them, but I mean, nobody in general. And people go, what? Movie? What? What are you talking about? It's not like I'm so erudite and, mm, look at me, I'm the big film critic, blah, blah, blah. You just it's go just up a, to the theater and go, what movie is showing that has no one bought a ticket for today? <laughs> yeah, I guess see that. We got this thing. I saw a movie on DirecTV on In Demand, and then I saw it was showing in the movie theater up in Gloucester, and I went to go see it again. I think I know what you're talking about. I spent about. like 20 bucks on that movie. It's a lot of bucks. Yes. All right, so. I think, yeah, I think that's good film, but we'll have to leave it a mystery. Good pod. Good All pod. All right, so uh, this is the, uh, this was the good stuff. It was. I'm L-Train. Over there is Mr. Two Frames Bull. Pleasure as always. Uh, Poxet Boat of everybody. There be dragons. <laughs>